The Tower, Episode 18, The Titans TV Show, Episode 1. Hey everyone, this is your host, Peter. So this is a little bit of a departure again from uh, the normal format here at the Tower where normally I take a look at an issue of the New Teen Titans or I take a look at an issue of a current Titans comic or I take a look at some kind of tangential Titans-related title such as a Mega Man or backup Dick Grayson tales, etc. This is an episode that is taking a look at the new DC Universe Originals TV show called The Titans. It just seems fairly obvious that I would be talking about this TV series. Episode 1 has dropped. Episode 2 will drop tomorrow, Friday, October 18th. So I thought, okay, let me do an episode about this, especially if I want to keep current about my thoughts and about the TV show in general. So the Titans TV show was uh, developed by Akiva Goldsman, Jeff Johns, and Greg Berlanti. You might know Greg Berlanti's name because of all, all of the CW stuff, Supergirl and Flash, and uh, I believe he's part of Arrow as well, and Legends of Tomorrow and Riverdale, uh, etc. Um, this new series is kicking off the DC Universe app, and there will be future TV shows such as Swamp Thing and Doom Patrol, whether they are live action or animated, uh, I'm uncertain. I think the Harley Quinn might be animated, I believe. And there's talk about some other uh, titles and characters and features as well. So this is not going to be a review of the app in general. This is just going to be an episode, a fairly quick episode probably, on the first episode of the Titans TV show. And this TV show is... uh, featuring the main characters of Robin, Dick Grayson, Raven, Rachel Roth, uh, Corey Anders, Starfire, and Beast Boy, Gar Logan. Now, if you're listening to this episode, chances are you've probably already have seen the trailer that was dropped many weeks ago, or maybe you've been seeing some images, and there's certainly been controversy and discussions and all kinds of you know, hullabaloo around the temperament and the tone of this TV series. I'm not really going to go totally in-depth here. I'm just going to give a very generic overview of the episode and then my thoughts Um, because I really feel I need to give this uh, a few more episodes, if not the entire output, whether it's 10 episodes or 18, uh, 13 episodes, I forget. Um, in terms of this first episode, we're really just introduced to the characters and to where they are currently, uh, such as Dick Grayson has moved to become a detective in Detroit, and we learn that the reason he's there is because he's trying to get away from 
Batman or becoming like Batman, and I'll talk about that later. Uh, Rachel Roth is a teenager in Traverse City, Michigan. She has a mother who turns out not to be her mother, and she's on the run from certain individuals because of whatever it is that's inside her. She does not know. We obviously get flashes and glimpses of that in reflections, in uh, some defensive use of her powers, and just because of the, um, you know, attitudes of certain people around her, like her fake mother, the people that are chasing her, etc. And then we're also introduced to Corey Anders when she wakes up in a car that was shot at, and it seems like she has amnesia, she doesn't know who she is, she has powers that she doesn't know that she has, Uh, she's wrapped up in um, mobsters as well, who we find out are also looking for Rachel Roth. And Corey wakes up in Vienna, so she's not even in the United States. And then lastly, Gar Logan, he's kind of introduced in almost like a, a, a credit mid-credit scene, even though the credits hadn't rolled yet. Um, and he is, first time we see him, he's a green tiger, and he's trying to maybe collect or steal some video games. And he's shot at by a security guard of some sort. And that's all we really see of him. It's like two, three minutes at the end of the episode. So as a whole, um, if you think of these characters as being these kind of lost individuals who are at a major turning point in their lives, that feels very right. Um, If you think back to the original New Teen Titans issue number one by Marv Wolfman and George Perez, where these very separate characters who are going through changes in their lives, especially especially because they are teenagers, um, they eventually find themselves, and through a number of circumstances, uh, especially the main one concerning Raven, um, through all of this, they become a team. So that's familiar, you know, that these characters are going to come together because of Raven. That makes sense, even though she's not the one instigating it this time. They are not all teenagers. Dick Grayson, or the actor playing Dick Grayson, Brenton Thwaites, is clearly not a teenager. He's 30 years old. It reads that he is older. It does not read that he's anything younger than maybe 25, 26. Same thing with uh, Starfire, Anna Diop. Uh, who is a good actress, um, but she's also um, older. Ryan Potter is 23 years old. That's the actor who plays Gar Logan. And Tegan Croft, who, by the way, I think that's more of a witch name than Rachel Roth. Uh, She is the only real teen in the show. I believe she's about 14, 15. So there are some weird disconnections there. I mean, obviously the show is called Titans. It's not called The Teen Titans or The New Teen Titans. So there is an older sense and a younger sense. And it does make me think of Jeff Johns's run of The Teen Titans uh, from 2003, I think it was, where he took a spin on Wolfman and Perez's version and included the main seven, so you had a Robin, you had a Wonder Girl, you had a Kid Flash, and then you had as mentors Cyborg, Starfire, and Raven, and uh, Beast Boy had declined the team at that time. 
So instead of the big three, Wonder Girl, Robin, and Kid Flash, in the Wolfman Paris series, finding these new characters, Cyborg, Starfire, Raven, and Beast Boy, although at that time he was called Changeling and he wasn't necessarily new, uh, Jeff Johns decided to flip it, and he had the quote-unquote new characters train a younger version of Robin and train a younger version of Wonder Girl and train a younger version of Kid Flash. So we're sort of getting that here where Robin is older, Starfire is older, you feel like Beast Boy and Raven are younger, and maybe that's a way to develop more than just one team down the road, but who knows. Um, So if you follow that premise of these characters who are eventually going to find each other, Uh, Rachel and Dick do find each other in this episode, but Starfire and Beast Boy are still out in the wild. If they're going to find each other um, because of Raven, that feels right. Um, There are these people who want to do harm to Raven because, as one of them says, uh, he wants to make sure that the doorway will be closed forever. If you know your Titan's history, you know that Raven is uh, a a person who is a mix of good and evil because her father is Trigon. And maybe this guy just doesn't want Trigon to come to Earth. Was he actually a good guy? We will never know because Raven's soul self or this other side of her killed him. Um, they mentioned that his, in the IMDb, that he's an acolyte. He's called the acolyte. Now, is he the acolyte of Azar? Um, the people that Raven's mother belonged to? Um, but they were pacifists, pacifists, so that's clearly not the case here because this guy killed Rachel Roth's mother in the episode, um, who was played by Sherilyn Fenn from Twin Peaks. She was not very good in this episode. I thought she was... I thought her acting was very subpar. Um, So clearly this isn't an acolyte. Maybe he is an acolyte of Trigon, and the only way to free Trigon is to kill Raven, so maybe that is what he was trying to do. There was also a woman at a runaway shelter that tried to take Raven to somewhere, and then Raven escaped her. Maybe that girl, maybe that woman was actually good or understood what was going on. But we'll, you know, I don't know, past this episode, I don't know. So people are looking for Raven all the way, as I said, to the mobsters in Vienna um, because there was a picture of Raven on the desk of a man named Konstantin Kovar, who apparently was in love with Starfire, but then she fried him real good when her powers um, erupted after being shot at in a scene where, you know, Constantine is dead and his two little henchmen are dead and Starfire kind of brushed it off with a giggle. Um, If you recognize the name Constantine Kovar, that is the name of the father of Leonard Kovar in the comics, who is known as Red Star, who is a on-again, off-again Titans member. So there's a connection there. Outside of that, I'm not certain there were many other Titans-related Easter eggs Although in the opening scene where Rachel is coming to a circus and then she witnesses the deaths of the Flying Graysons, there are a few things that you could probably connect to the larger Titans universe. There is the sound of an elephant, which, of course, that would be a circus thing, but it could also be uh, Beast Boy. And 
Then there were two birds that flew away. I didn't get exactly what kind of birds they were, but that could be a reference to hawk and dove, which I know we get in the second episode. Overall, I think my biggest takeaway, um, beyond just the departure of the story, it's the fact that it doesn't feel like a superhero show. Um, hmm. It doesn't feel like a superhero origin, and, and it's it especially doesn't feel like the origin that we know in New Teen Titans 1. Not that I expected it to, but I kind of feel like there's a grounded, grounded mundaneness to it <laughs> beyond the darkness of it, the way it's shot the uh the weight of the show even even when the logo pops up um when they do the quick little titans intro and you get raven's scream it feels just very dark and it feels almost like this is a horror show more than a superhero show and it worries me a little bit because i feel like the titans are superheroes and the titans live in a universe where they do have demons i mean the whole first story arc of the original New Teen Titans volume and the Baxter run dealt with them dealing with uh, Raven's father, a demon. So I get that, that th there's precedence there. Um, but is this a group that could also go to space because of Starfire? Maybe, I don't know. Is this a group that could fight the Titans of myth because of uh, Wonder Girl? I don't know. I'm not saying that these are things I expect to show up. I just mean in general... You know, setting it in Detroit and Dick Grayson is a detective. That's a little on the nose. Um, I mean, he was a cop in his Bloodhaven series, but I, I don't know. Just something about it felt a little off. The Starfire thing, you know, it kind of seems like she's a high-priced escort of sorts, I believe. Um, given the information I know, that's not terribly off. You know, when she's in captivity uh, in the comics by the Gordanians, they tortured her, they made her a slave, they made her work, but there's also a shot of, um, during her origin, of them dressing her up, and, and it looks like she's being sold as, you know, an escort, um, or being sold as a sex slave. So again, not terribly far far off, I just don't know how it fits um, with where it's all taking place on Earth. And again, it's the first episode. I kind of went away with it after I was done, and I said, okay, I guess that's the first episode. And we see, we'll see where it goes. I'm actually really curious to see what people think about it, uh, especially people who aren't as familiar with the Titans as I am. Um, if you know it from the cartoon TV show or... If you're just, you know, sort of know about the Titans in a tangential way, what did you think of this episode? Did it, was it a little bit standoffish because of the violence? Um, it's dark, it's moody, there's a horror aspect to it. I don't know. I don't know what to think of it. I really don't. Of all the superhero shows that, you know, they kind of all depart from the comics in many ways, this one I feel totally is trying to capture something that is not within any of the DC shows. Um, even Constantine didn't feel this dark. Um, but, uh, you know, I'm going to watch it. 
because it's Titans, and I do a Titans podcast occasionally. Um, and I'm kind of just going on emotion. I'm not really trying to be in-depth with this um, because I don't know how to feel about it just yet. And I think I'm just going to go episode by episode and see what happens. When I gave a little bit of an inkling of what I thought of the show on Twitter, there was some back and forth here and there with a couple people. And I did like uh, Jamie Dunst from New Jersey says, um, if Dick is written like Jason Todd, how will Jason be written? And it kind of made me think uh, what he's referencing here is because Daryl Taylor and I were talking and Daryl Taylor of the Taylor podcasts said that Dick felt like he was written more like Jason Todd. And certainly if you know the alley fight, if you saw the show and, you know, how brutal that was, um, when Jamie said that, it, it kind of made me stop and think, wouldn't that be an interesting twist if this really was Jason Todd and not Dick Grayson, but he's just using the Dick Grayson name because he wanted to get away from Batman. And there has been, um, you know, some release, information release that there will be a Jason Todd character. And wouldn't it be interesting if that Jason Todd character is the real Dick Grayson, if they're just kind of throwing us all for a loop, but I don't think that's the case. So, um, yeah, if this is, uh, I feel like if this is Dick Grayson, I feel like Jason Todd, when we get him, might actually either be like more like Tim Drake or might even be more like Damian Wayne. I don't know. We'll see. I did like the effects that they used for Raven's soul self, if that's what they're going to call it. The little flashes in in the reflection, the little jump scares they did during some of those reflections or the way that it would inhabit her body or uh, release from her body. Uh, when it was killing the Acolyte, there was a hint that it, it started to look like the usual black bird, but not really. So some of that I actually liked. I didn't mind that too much. Starfire special effects are fine. Um, the Beast Boy thing looked a little fake. Um, but we'll see. Uh, we'll see how that goes. Uh, this is a little thing. I don't know why it bothered me so much, but you can clearly tell that Brenton Thwaites, the character, the, the actor who plays Dick Grayson, is tall. He's definitely over six feet. And I don't want to live in a world where Robin isn't only 5'10", like the rest of us. You know what I mean? Like, can he just be, can we just get some actors that are short, please? Um, so that kind of bothered me because um, Dick Grayson is supposed to be tiny. He's, a, he's an acrobat. He would never be six foot two. I, I don't know. I, I, I say that with no knowledge whatsoever, but I feel like six foot two is just way too tall for that character. There was one other Easter egg, I think. I think this is an Easter egg. So that keychain that Starfire has has a frog on it. And Roy Harper's band during the whole original Teen Titans series was called Great Frog. So I don't know if that's any kind of connection or not. So I said I was going to get back to this whole notion that Dick Grayson tells his new partner, Amy Warbach, that he wanted to get away from his old partner. Now he's talking about Batman. And he says that Batman, um, even though he doesn't name him, he says that he's a guy that stops at nothing, that solves everything with his fists. And then Dick says, I was becoming too much like him. Now, how do you just juxtapose that with the alley fight where he was, I mean, if that's how brutal Dick Grayson was, is Batman even more brutal in this universe? Is that what he's trying to run away from? Yeah, I don't get that. That felt 
that felt a little at odds with each other, but I guess that's the exploration we're going to get with his character. So as I said, uh, you know, there are a couple questions here. You know, who are the people that are after Rachel? Why um, are they on the side of the good? Are they on the side of the bad? How did she become? How did she come to live with the woman who she thought was her mother? There's a little bit of uh, typical vigilante hero commentary where the captain in the precinct where Dick Grayson works, um, he says, you know, now that Robin has appeared in Detroit, will the painted freaks follow? And you can see some guilt on Dick's face because of that, because he probably knows that's exactly what will happen. So that was kind of interesting. We'll see if that goes anywhere. Um, and then, of course, everything that's going on with Starfire, you know, what's the dealio? So those were the questions. Not many, um, but, you know, a few to kick off the remaining uh, bunch of episodes. So that's it. That's my loose bunch of notes that I took on the episode. Let me know what you thought. Peter at the dailyreels.com. I'd be real curious to get uh, the, you know, the feedback from those of you who are watching it, those of you who ordered the app, those of you who are maybe not so beholden to the Titans, uh, concept like I am <laughs> freely. I admit that, but you know, I watched it with an eye. I just, you know, midway through kind of felt, ooh, I was like, um, you know, I get that you want to do something different, but this isn't the different I wanted to see, I guess. But we have plenty more to go. And I, I have to kind of think of it in this in this way. Um, I didn't watch Arrow when it first started. And I think it was into season... It was starting season five when I started to watch season one. I've watched two seasons so far. And I believe there were a lot of people who felt like the first season was really dark. And when I watched it, I thought, I didn't think it was that dark. Um, I kind of got what they were going for. Is that the same thing that's going to happen here? I don't know. I don't know. I do think this one is dark, obviously. And it's a different way that I guess I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't have done the Titans this way, but, you know, I'm not in charge. So maybe the potential is there. I know we're going to get Hawk and Dove. I know we're going to get the Doom Patrol out of this. I think we're getting Cyborg somewhere along the way. Maybe we will eventually get to something that feels a little more familiar. Um, something that has a little more hope, um, we have to see. All right, as I said, Peter at thedailyreels.com. Thank you for listening to this Tower episode, and I will continue to do episodes on the Titans TV show as they are released. All right, talk to you soon. Bye.